Welcome back to the Monica Matthew Show. Life, love, and liberty. Happy Thursday. Happy. I just said happy Thursday to you. It's been a wild week. Thank you for your patience this week in my podcast. I'm just getting back into the swing of things. And I have a lot going on, as you do as well. So hang in there. I am not going to abandon you. I'm still here. Uh, today, what happened today? My gosh, before 10 a.m., I was ready to just crawl back into bed and, and say, you know, say goodnight. And uh, wouldn't you know it, by the end of, of the day, we have our first indictment coming down from the United States District Court for the District of Columbia, United States of America versus Michael A. Sussman. I'm going to read just the few, the first few paragraphs of this indictment. This is a big deal. He's been indicted for making a false statement. Okay. This, this is the guy who allegedly got everything rolling with regard to the Russian hoax. The thing that we have listened to ad nauseum for the past five years of our lives on the Sean Hannity show. And the thing where God bless Sarah Carter and Sean, it just became this labyrinth of continuous talking points that I could not follow. Now, however, thank you, Sarah and Sean, it all makes perfect sense. Hindsight is always twenty twenty, so their work should not go without being uh, lauded and applauded. Um, for just this relentless pursuit of the truth and keeping things in the forefront of the media that at least from a truthful perspective, because as we know, for four years, the mainstream media of the United States of America aligned with things that media of the past in something called the Nuremberg trials, people were actually executed. They were tried and executed for sharing propaganda that is a historical fact. The media was sanctioned by the demons of that time to spread malfeasance, slander. And to slander someone is to lie about them. According to the Hebrew in the Bible, it is a liar. It's a talebearer. The Bible also tells us that at the wounds of a talebearer go down into the innermost parts of the belly and cause wounding. Now, I want you to look at the belly of this country. Where is the seat of the human spirit? It's in your belly, in the physical, in your physiology. Your heart, your spirit is actually in your gut. Now, I want you to think about what these lies, I want you to think about this indictment and, and what will hopefully be the, be, the, be the beginning of an avalanche of justice. And I'm going to tell you why that's important, not because I'm a Republican, 
Because to be honest with you, at this point, I'm a conservative. The Republican Party has done nothing for this country lately. And I'm not interested in that level of partisanship. I'm about freedom. Beginning, middle, and end of story. I'm a liberator. If you are not interesting, if you're not interested in curating liberty, we have nothing in common. Nothing. I don't care which side of the aisle you're on. And so this will hopefully be an avalanche, just the beginning of an avalanche of justice. And why is that important? Because when you look around the country today, you can see that 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 proverb is absolutely 100% true. That the lies, the, the slander that was, that started with this man right here, Mr. Michael Sussman. And it didn't start with him. He's just kind of the useful goat that I perceive has been hung out to dry in this scene of Jurassic Park, this political Jurassic Park that we're all living through, right? And this poor schmuck is the person who's, and he's not a poor schmuck, but he is a schmuck, but he's not, he's not a victim in this, I don't think, unless you're looking at it spiritually. And then anyone who's fallen into a snare of the devil is a victim, and some of us walk into them willingly. Others are not so willing. Some really think they're doing the right thing. Bill Gates likely believes that saving the planet from us uh, for the trees is probably a noble thing. I mean, seriously. And so this guy is the beginning of the sacrificial goats. I'm not going to call them lambs. Remember in Dr- Jurassic Park that that gross scene where that the big heavy set dude is like he's the traitor right he's he's the traitor he's like a sussman he's the traitor and he get and he's taking the vial of the of the egg or the sperm or whatever the heck it is of the dinosaur right and he's running through the lab and he's caused this whole breakdown he's in the storm and he's he's just sloppy just ugh, he's gross and he's and he can't even fumble for his cheetos or the vial you know and he he crashes into something and and right as he's about to get eaten there's like this goat arm or leg that crashes to his car. I'm pretty sure that's the scene. And he's like, holy crap, that's going to be me in about 2.3 seconds, right? Like he knows his turn is up and then the giant raptor comes and devours him, right? Well, that's how the Clintons are. They're like a, they're like the raptors in Jurassic Park, right? And they just, they're here to destroy and devour. And we make fun and we make light and we make memes and we mock and somebody's been Clinton sighted, you know? I mean, we just act like it's another day in Clinton paradise of Jurassic Park politicians. And here we are. We have our first sacrificial goat. So I'm going to read the first paragraph of this indictment. Ready? The grand jury charges that a Uh, In or about late October 2016, approximately one week before the 2016 U.S. presidential election, one week before the 2016 U.S. presidential election, multiple media outlets reported that U.S. government authorities had received and were investigating allegations concerning a purported secret channel of communications between the Trump organization owned by Donald J. Trump and a particular Russian bank. 
Russian Bank Dash One. Uh, number two, according to one of these articles published by a major U.S. newspaper, Newspaper One, intelligence officials possessed information concerning what cyber experts said appeared to be a mysterious computer back channel between the Trump organization and Russian bank number one. The article further reported that the FBI had spent weeks examining computer data showing an odd stream of activity to a Trump organization server and that computer logs obtained by Newspaper One showed that two servers at Russian Bank One sent more than 2,700 look-up messages to a Trump-connected server beginning in the spring. According to the other articles, this information had been assembled by the FBI. I'm sorry, by an anonymous computer researcher, you're going to love this, who used the moniker Tea Leaves because there's nothing uh, divination about that. Uh, Number three, the FBI had, in fact, initiated an investigation of these allegations in response to a meeting that Michael A. Sussman, the defendant herein, a lawyer at a major international law firm, Law Firm One, requested and held with the FBI General Counsel on or about September 19th, 2016 at FBI headquarters in the District of Columbia. Sussman provided to the FBI General Counsel three, quote, white papers along with the data files allegedly containing evidence supporting the existence of this purported secret communication channel. Number four, during the meeting, Sussman lied about the capacity in which he was providing the allegations to the FBI. I'm going to read that again. This is the basis of the indictment. During the meeting, Sussman lied about the capacity in which he was providing the allegations to the FBI. Specifically, Sussman stated falsely that he was not doing his work on the aforementioned allegations for, quote, for any client, which led the FBI General Counsel to understand that Sussman was acting as a good citizen, merely passing along information, not as a paid advocate or political operative, In fact, as an alleged in further detail below, this statement was intentionally false and misleading because in assembling and conveying these allegations, Sussman acted on behalf of specific clients, here we go, namely a U.S. technology industry executive, Tech Executive One, at a U.S. internet company, Internet Company One, and you ready? Dun, dun, da, da, the Hillary Clinton presidential campaign, known as the Clinton campaign. Sussman's lie was material because, among other, reason, other reasons, Sussman's false statement misled the FBI general counsel and other FBI personnel concerning the political nature of his work and deprived the FBI of information that might have permitted it more fully to assess and uncover the origins <laughs> of the relevant data and technical analysis, including the identities and motivations of Sussman's clients. 
had the FBI uncovered the origins of the relevant data and analysis, and as alleged below, it might have learned, among other things, that in compiling and analyzing the Russian bank allegations, uh, Tech Executive One had exploited his access to non-public data at multiple internet companies to conduct opposition research concerning Trump. In furtherance of these efforts, Tech Executive One had enlisted and was continuing to enlist the assistance of researchers at a U.S.-based university who were receiving and analyzing internet, internet data in connection with a pending federal government cybersecurity research contract in Sussman, Tech Executive One, uh, and law firm, uh, had coordinated and were continuing to coordinate with representatives and agents of the Clinton campaign with regard to the data and written materials that Sussman gave to the FBI and the media. Now, this goes on and on and on. You can read it at justice.gov. I highly suggest that you do that while formulating your own uh, critical, critically thought out opinions, right, and assessments of what's going on here. Here's mine. My critical opinion is this, and my opinion is only critical to me (laughs) because I'm only an expert in one thing, and that is my life. I make that very clear on the regular. But this guy is one of what I believe is going to end up being many goats at this sacrificial party uh, called uh, Justice Day. Okay? So it is, now listen to this. It is not, uh, it is not uncommon for people to do opposition opposition research because it is research is doing exactly that. It is you gathering intel and data on your opposition when you are in a political race, when you're in that sphere. It happens all the time. But clearly, uh, the FBI is asserting that we, we, we didn't do nothing because we didn't know nothing. Now, this is the Federal Bureau of investigations, right? And we already know that with regard to the Steele dossier, which was a complete and total fake, we know what happened with Carter Page. We know that from the Reuter to the Tudor, this whole thing, Peter Strzok and his his lover's text messages, Lisa Page, we're going to make sure that that son of a bitch is not reelected or whatever, she, whatever expletive she used. Okay, it was the agency was politicized from the Reuter to the Tudor. We know that. I asked a question today on Twitter. When do you guys think the Pentagon became the uh, extended uh, arm or actually the capital? Because the Pentagon's actually acting as the capital in terms of partisanship. It is it is it is basted in partisanship at this point. And when do you think that started to happen? Your answers have been kind of interesting. They're all over the board. I'll read some of them. but I found it pretty interesting that, you know, we think that we have some safety from partisanship somewhere in this governmental apparatus. And the truth of the matter is, we do not. And it is time to stop complaining about that and to become very strategic about how you're going to change that. And I'm, you know, other than a convention of states, secession of states, um, I'm not sure adjudicating 2020 would be a great and most solid and effective place from which to begin, um, in writing the ship. 
in the direction that this ship is heading right now. And honestly, we are, we are without life preservers. Uh, we are without a rudder at this point because our constitution has historically been our rudder. And it appears as though with our border being completely overrun today, I do realize that as of just before coming on to the podcast this evening, I see where governor Abbott has closed the Southern border uh, in his state. And uh, rightfully so, because the uh, numbers are increasing by the thousands um, uh, down there in, in his area. And it is a mess. And it's an intentional mess. Nothing that you see occurring right now has not been part of a larger strategy. Literally nothing. Whether it's about vaccinations, mandates, uh, power grabs, whatever, you know, back to school masks, you know, all of that is part of a very coordinated effort in this, you know, Jurassic Park political craziness coordinated syndicate, this crime syndicate that's on both sides of the aisle. It just is. This is not a Republican-centric broadcast anymore. I mean, I am very much so a conservative Um, but as I started the show out with this, the Republican party has crapped the bed as it pertains to any form of integrity. And they proved that for four years of president Trump, they were an abysmal failure in the 2018 midterms, 26, they never had his back. From the moment he was the nominee and they realized that Ted Cruz, who I voted for in the primary, I'm just full disclosure, um, because I was not on the Trump train just yet. I could not wrap my mind around a business mogul and I was not looking at it scripturally at all. So I wasn't one of the sanctimonious ones who thought that God could never use someone who uttered the P word because I'm just not that, you know, pearl clutching of a Christian. Uh, I'm not that naive. I'm not waiting for Jesus to descend into our oval office. And I know that God uses many wicked people, not saying the president Trump is wicked, but he uses, you know, cause hello, hello, look around at your congressmen and women. Now look at former presidents. No one was perfect. Sorry. Maybe they had a little bit more of a statesman like, uh, you know, uh, appearance or, you know, um, uh, theatrical nuances, if you will. By the way, over a thousand people answered my um, poll when I asked just recently uh, after the California heist. And why do I say that? Not because I'm fomenting or bloviating or lying or giving disinformation. I am saying that based off of uh, information and evidence that came forward from people all over the state who were uh, complaining about having already voted. I mean, you had, I want to say, over hundreds of thousands of people who say, hey, are we already apparently cast a vote? Like what? I mean, you have all kinds of issues going on out there, not to mention what I'm posting every day to remind you as you're just killing yourself over 2022 without adjudicating 2020, that in 2018, President Donald J. Trump was effectively strong-armed 
into allowing the feds from a from the 50,000 foot view of your uh, national security apparatus to uh, to monitor the election, the midterms of 2018, right? Under the assumption that they were making sure that our enemies, the big bad Russians, were not um, infiltrating our elections, okay? And um, in, in what happens when someone has access to your elections like that is probably open for a myriad of interesting discussions. I'll let you figure that out for yourself. And it was pretty ironic to me that in the midst of an, an economic boon and comeback and, you know, uh, national peace and restoration and international uh, restructuring or, or, or reconstruction of our, of our um, alliances and our strength you know, our appearance to our allies and foes globally, right? Not to mention trade agreements and, and, and disrupting uh, bad actors and bad agreements and all of that meeting with, you know, historical uh, enemies of this country and uh, peace accords. I mean, you name it. In the midst of all of that, somehow, somehow, Republicans just got so fat, happy, and lazy, and warm, and fuzzy, and I was, I'm equally as guilty of accusing you all of doing this, because historically, we are like frogs. We jump right back into the water, and it's all nice and tepid, and we roll around, and and we think, oh, well, we've charged the hill, we won the hill, go Trump, woohoo, MAGA, you know, make America great again. Media sucks. Everything's wonderful. And look at us. We're taking our country back, right? And we're waving our flags and we're so happy. And then when it comes to show up for the midterms, we're like, oh, well, we're good. And so I assumed that we just charged the hill, took the hill, ran back down the other side of the hill because historically that's what Republicans do. But as I'm becoming a little bit more aware of the, of the new uh, war space called cyber, uh, I'm like, huh, maybe it's not really our fault. Maybe our house was not going to flip. Why did President Trump sign that executive order allowing the feds access to our elections on a state level? Pretty much because a gun was put to his head proverbially, that if he didn't, then all of this Russian hoax brouhaha was going to be substantiated. So you tell me for one second that this dude Sussman is not the sacrificial goat of the FBI and I will kiss your butt. Prove it. After what just came out from these young ladies and that's this is just the first of an array, an assortment of, of of delicacies, you know, sponsored by the FBI. Mr. Ray, sir, with all due respect, for you to show up in front of Congress and try to tell a congressional panel that you have no idea how things happen in your agency. If that's your answer and your best answer as a leader of one of the most powerful agencies in this country to literally upend people's lives, not to mention our very free and fair elections. After your agents have allegedly been involved in the kidnapping plot of a sitting United States governor, 
as your agents have allegedly been involved in plotting while they should have been infiltrating groups for sure, but not inciting groups to show up at our nation's capital and tear the sucker uh, apart, albeit without a zero firearm, without amazing, that is truly amazing. Um, while no one has been charged with sedition or insurrection, right? While pedophiles sitting in top ranks of the FBI who have been taken down by the likes of Vets for Child Rescue, that's Vets, the letter four, I'm sorry, the number four, Child Rescue, right? Check them out. That's Craig Sawyer's team. Um, folks have been taken out from the top tier for being pedophiles, several actually, for showing up uh, to rape 12-year-olds on their birthdays, on camera, by the way, during a sting. Uh, thankfully, there was no real 12-year-old there. Um, but that was pretty gross to watch happen in Contraland. If you've not seen that documentary, you should take the time to watch it, particularly as allegations are um, you know, roaming throughout the Internet about the um, character of the gentleman spearheading things like saving kids from traffickers on the border and right here within our own federal agencies. It is a mess, and you expect us to believe that after Larry Nasser, who went on to rape and molest how many different women, how many after the FBI not only knew about what was happening in his conduct, but then botched it and then attempted to cover up their botch. Dragging these girls before Congress again to tell their stories. What a national disgrace, a complete embarrassment. So if you think for one second that critically thinking Americans cannot look at what is happening right. We didn't do it. We didn't do nothing. We don't know. I ain't got no idea how this went down to my agency. We don't know. No clue. We didn't know Mr. Sussman did, was working for uh, the Clinton Foundation we were, as an operative. As, as, as Are you kidding me? Are we expected to believe that? And I got to tell you something, and I'm just going to be very honest with you. Most of you will feel, I'm sure you feel the same way I do because I've asked you. Many of you were just much more hip to all of this than, than you know, I'm a little late to this party of, of real opening the box in this Jack in the Box, what a great book, by the way, jumping out at me saying, surprise, remember that national security apparatus that you thought had your back? Remember the military that you thought always honored their veterans and were just the stalwart of decency and order and honor and valor? (laughs) Remember all that? Well, not only did we think politicians just suck in the wind, because I have, because I've worked with them for so long, uh, and watched what they've done to their respective constituencies in every capacity, right? And not all of them are awful. And they don't all start out that way. They just don't. There's this little thing called blackmail and extortion. And people are actually recruited by some of these agencies to run for office. And that's not always a bad thing either. 
It's really not because you do actually still have some very good patriotic actors within these agencies. Thank God. Or we would literally be Bosnia or a third world country at the moment. And we could rapidly be heading there, by the way, because people, as far as I can tell on my threads, are just fed up. And I always encourage you to seek peace. And on the 18th, just stay home. You know, I realize people are wanting to rally for the guys still held in prison as political prisoners here on U.S. soil who have not been charged with insurrection, by the way. They will not see the light of day until their court dates in 2022. It is, it is really bad stuff, you guys. It's, it's not, this is very un-American. It's not just unpatriotic. It, to me, is just, it's cruel. It's abusive, right? But, but you, in, in who, in who, who was a part of that day? <laughs> who has been, who has been accused of inciting, uh, infiltrating groups in order to incite them to the point where they just want to show up and, you know, do whatever they're going to do, which ultimately lands people in prison. It's all very sad, but you do still have some good actors in these. And I use the term actors uh, lightly. Oh yeah, my poll. I asked, do you believe that elections are legitimate or is it theater? 90 of you out of, I want to say, over a 1,000 voters said theater. So for those of you in the security apparatuses who listen to my podcast, that is an indictment on you. Because if you are one of the Jurassic Park actors, then you will answer in history or in eternity for your role in dismantling the United States of America. And some of you are perfectly okay with that and proud of that. And somehow, some way, you have been fooled by the enemy of liberty that you're on the right side of wrong. And if you are listening to me and you find yourself somewhat curiously convicted in your spirit by what I just said, I would encourage you to search your heart in your prayer time. It's not the unforgivable sin, but it's pretty bad. And if you are creating scenarios to take this country down, we do still have a, a document and, and and hold on, and let and let me let me back up on the on the within the premise of this of this indictment, right? The entire Russian collusion hoax that cost the taxpayers of this country over thirty million dollars, and moreover, the monetary damages that we've suffered as a as a law abiding tax paying nation, right? without any accountability, by the way, I dare say that I go back to the greater offense, the greater criminal offense of all of this, spiritually speaking, which is you have single-handedly been involved in maliciously maligning and, um, and lying about individuals, in this instance, chiefly, uh, President Donald J. Trump and all of his supporters and voters, 
You've lied about Republicans for four years. You have lied about Christians. You have even termed them, coined the phrase deplorables after your queen of of the damned, uh, Hillary. Right? That too, we made t-shirts out of and some of you have just adopted. You know what deplorable means? In the dictionary, it means unforgivable. So I never adopted that. And I never did so jokingly either because I believe words have power. And words have the power of life and death. And I am definitely not unforgivable. And so even if you do find yourself on the wrong side of the equation of 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 what it means to be an American according to the United States Constitution... Uh, there is still, you know, spiritual um, reconciliation available to you and for you. It is not the unforgivable sin. Treason and sedition is a is a very serious uh, charge here uh, as citizens of this country, as General Milley is finding out. Uh, and, and it has serious consequences, uh, that come with it. Um, but spiritually speaking, it is not the unpardonable sin. And some people, you know, I'll just use this as a, as a teachable moment. Spiritually speaking, some people get so far down the rabbit hole and they go, they look around and they go, oh, crap. How did I get down here? I didn't realize I was this far down, or at least I thought I was on the right side of this equation. That's why I said to leave room for people who are going to be enlightened during this time. Nicki Minaj is one of those people. What a great segue. Uh, she is a very interesting young lady. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. I, use, I like that word. It's good cover for a lot of things, but she's very interesting. She is a pop star. Um, she, I think she has like over 300 million followers on Instagram. I mean, something nuts or TikTok. I don't know. She's extraordinarily well-known globally. She, I believe has been kicked off of the Twitter platform, um, because she has taken exception to Dr. Fauci and this administ- the Biden administration of mandating vaccines. And her stance on that is why would I trust uh, what the, wh- why wouldn't I question rather that, that was really her premise. Why wouldn't I question what I'm putting in my body? Like, why aren't you allowed to question that? Right? Like that, that was her, that was her, of course she used a few more expletives in that, but that's fine. Uh, that's her character and her persona and people have just, you know, blown up her Twitter feed and her whole world. Republicans are now flocking to her to say, hey, welcome to our side. And I'm saying, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, allow people to have their uh, moment of, of enlightenment and realization that, hey, you know, um, this is not okay. 
for you to demand that people put something in their body that they might not be comfortable with. And I loved her analogy because it's just so, it's so her and it's also cultural and it's also very female centric where, you know, she's like, girl, you know, we always calling each other up talking about, well, what does that, what does that glue have in it? You know, is it going to make me break out? She's talking about waves and wigs and stuff. And I can relate as an entertainer. I've used all kinds of, every kind of stick them in glue and you can think of from the boobs to the hair to the eyelashes, you know, you name it. And, um, always nipping and tucking something before you get in front of a camera. And so I thought it was pretty cute, you know, and it was very, um, relatable, which is what makes her such a threat to the powers that be because she does have an enormous amount of sway with her followers. And you start talking about swaying 300 million minds, that's a big deal. So they have to silence Nikki Minaj because she's not going along with the story. And my point in all of this is that I don't really idolize anyone, including President Trump, never have. I love him and support him and pray for him and all that good stuff and I pray for Nikki as well and others, but I I don't. And anyone who would just suddenly become enlightened, you know, that's why I'm not one of the Pied Piper's children running through the state of Georgia right now with the new shiny black object um, that people in the Republican Party are all excited about. I know he's had the endorsement of General Flynn and good for him. Uh, But I, you know, from my own personal experiences, have just decided that that's not who I'm going to vote for. And I don't have to go into any kind of long, sordid details or slander or anything else. You can go to Google and look things up for yourself. And I'm not interested in career politicians anymore. And if I have to write my own name in or Candace Taylor, I will. Or my dog. I mean, I'm perfectly fine with that. And some of you take exception to that, but I don't run after the latest shiny object just because people don't agree with Democrats. Now, all of a sudden, we have like this honorary golden ticket into the Republican Party. It's very naive and it's childish. Now, back to my realization, I naively really did believe that our national security apparatuses, and again, if you're one of the good guys, and there are plenty of them, there are plenty of good. Remember, there's a power structure of Ephesians 6 that is operating in all of this, okay, that is very spiritual in nature. And there's only a few in this power structure, but they utilize these other entities in order to carry out this Ephesians 6 plan of a very real enemy. Uh, named Satan in his kingdom. And I, I really do humbly believe that. And so when I look at these respective agencies, it I do believe that, you know, there's a real desire there to protect the country and carry the country forward and, um, you know, save us from the bad guys uh, I, on some level. And I think people in all up and down their different ranks, you know, really do believe that they're showing up to work to do the right thing. And I do believe there are people in leadership who do the same thing. There are people who work across the aisle. They create policy. You know, they work within the confines of these agencies to, you know, work things out for for our safety, uh, for our advancement uh, in many different sectors. And I think that is to be applauded. Now, um, I was, however, very disturbed to realize in the past 12 months from stories that come to me 
from those of you who have served in a particularly a spec ops, uh, special forces capacity, how many people, you know, have in fact been not only left behind, uh, but set up entirely uh, to fail on behalf of the United States military and then left out to dry. It's very disturbing, and but it's also, you know, it's just, it's, it's kind of like a maturity pill for me that I didn't, I wasn't really prepared to take. And this election cycle has just been, this year has literally just been a PhD for me in a lot of things, and not the least of which is what reality really is for this country and for the world, spiritually as well as, you know, just here granularly. And, um... And that's been really hard for me to accept. And and I've had to process that, that our military is not this, you know, golden child of, of, you know, of our apparatus here in this country, that the men and women who wear the uniforms, who sign up to do things that most of us would never sign up to do. I mean, most of you won't even hold the door open at the grocery store for the person behind you, much less suit up, shave your heads, a vow to a piece of paper that no one else in leadership avows to right now, put chemicals in your body in the name of the United States government, subject yourself to laws governed by this military, and suit up, leave your families, leave your babies and your mamas and your husbands, go to countries that do not want you there, Some do. Some are very pleased because they still see the United States as a beacon of liberty. But you're not always met, you know, with with a ticker tape parade when you land in someone else's territory. (laughs) So imagine those guys and gals have my utmost respect and I see them as honorable. The apparatus is an interesting beast unto itself, as we see from the Joint Chiefs of Staff down. And the Pentagon, like I said, has become quite the political circus. Um, And wow, how frustrating that must be for the people who actually are honorable, who do uh, want to see our country um, survive and thrive. So everything from the military to the CIA to the FBI, I think I've just lived under a little bit of a rock, you know, like I'm a, I'm a lot like the rest of you. I just want to do my podcast and raise my kid, and, you know, make sure I get my taxes right and, and, you know, and just obey the law, you know, have a cocktail, enjoy my fire pit, love my family, my friends, pray you know, get a tan, go to the beach, plan vacations. You know, I was supposed to be in Italy this year for my 50th birthday and for a whole week with a whole group of friends in this beautiful rental home. And am I in Italy? No, I'm sitting here with you (laughs) and I'm happy to do that, but I'm not going to be forced to put chemicals into my body that I'm not comfortable with, nor would I ever expect out of anyone else. So I'm not signing up for a vaccine passport, you know, and it's just one of those things where you just, you know, you, you duck and roll, you tuck and roll, you, you, heads on, head is on a swivel. You got to be able to move. 
And some of you are recognizing that now in your job losses and decisions that you're having to make. And I'm really, I just want to extend really a a deeply heartfelt, I'm very sorry that you're going through this. I don't know if anyone's told you that, but I'm, I'm sorry that you're going, I'm, I'm, I grieved over my own birthday plans and that may sound trite in the midst of, you know, Afghanistan and, and all of these other heinous things going on in this world right now. But I did, I grieve that I allow myself that space because I had really set my sights on that for a little over 10 years. I was very excited about that Greece and Italy, you know, from celebrate my 50th year on the planet. I was really pumped and my friends were too. And I just had to make a decision. So I've done other things this year and you'll do other things too. You just got to get a little creative about your gifts and your talents and the things that God blessed you with and how you can turn those things into, you know, other ways of um, providing for your family. So if you make a decision, just own it. Don't be bitter about it so that you get sick, you know, grieve the situation, make a sober choice for you and your family and hopefully collectively. And if you take the vaccination and get a passport, okay, fine, do that, keep moving. And if you don't, then you'll have other decisions to make, right? Yeah. Last night I sat in the room with, oh gosh, I don't know, a dozen parents from a private school here in Georgia. And these parents were a lot like many of you who contact me. They were at their wits end with how to contend with um, a constantly, um, really kind of a stalking, if you will, right? And this indoctrination program of their kids. And, they, and these guys really had no idea all this was going on to the extent that it was until their kids started getting um, suspended for questioning status quo about the 1619 project, um, the, you know, all, all kinds of uh interesting BLM curriculum, things that come into the education system by way of the accreditation system. So you got to follow your money trails back to who is undergirding your accreditation centers. And, um, And if you want accreditation, you go along with what the accreditation Um, entities tell you you go along with in order to be accredited, right? See how that works? We really do need an overhaul in our accreditations um, here in the States. It would be wonderful to be able to see people go to a more skilled uh, accreditation system where you have training online, right? Much more affordable. Uh, For you parents out there, um, you're going to have to decide between that alma mater that you worship. I live in the uh, Southeastern Conference, so I can say that. Um, You worship, and yet you complain because your universities are indoctrination silos. And uh, for Marxist and, and fascist ideology, but you're not willing to uh, inspire your children to take um, aptitude tests in the way of other areas that they, you know, to discover and uncover other areas that they uh, may have been gifted in and talented by God, by their own individual designs of how they can, uh, you know, 
perform a skilled trade. Like there's no there's no honor in that anymore because the academia demon, uh, God, lowercase God, has convinced everyone while he's eating our children alive uh, that that's the more noble approach to a civilized society is to be educated. <laughs> well, I dare say, ladies and gentlemen, that we have educated ourselves right out of a country. And that is not to accuse you, that is to simply state the obvious. In other stating the obvious news, Pastor Greg Locke. Some of you are familiar with Pastor Locke. He is from, I believe, Mount Juliet, Tennessee. I don't know. I met him once at an event in Texas this summer. Uh, He seemed like a nice gentleman, and he's certainly filled with the uh, fire of God. Um, I saw a teaching of his um, just today, which was interesting to me because I've never heard anyone else in the faith uh, preach or teach this other than me. Uh, for the past six weeks on, I mean, six weeks, six years on my show. I have always made the distinction and tried to encourage you to make the distinction, whether it's in your personal or professional, um, and and certainly in your sociological uh, relationships, uh, to be able to distinguish between peacekeepers and peacemakers. It's very important to distinguish between uh, those two uh, modalities of, of relating to people, uh, because peacekeepers will do anything to keep the peace. They're the people in your family telling you to just shut up. They're the ones for the past four years who have said, you know, I love president Trump, but I wish that he would just lay off Twitter. I wish that he would just change his tone. I wish that he would be more this. I wish that he wouldn't be as much that. Right, these because we just want to keep peace. These are the people who believe that you can make peace with the Taliban. These are the people who believe that you should just let anyone and anyone into the country without vetting and without assimilation practices and without uh, English being the official legal language of this country. Those are the peacekeepers. See, you think they're just these stupid snowflake people, but they're not. They have a peacekeeping spirit about them, which really at the root of all of that is an inherent fear of man. Because when you are a peacekeeper, you are deathly afraid that you will be ostracized or rejected or abandoned in something the left practices ad nauseum, which is cancellation. And canceling by the devil's standards, according to the word of God, is to steal, kill, and destroy. So they're not coming to cancel you. I keep trying to share that with you. They are coming to steal from you, to kill you, and to destroy anything about you, your hope, your faith, your patriotism, your jobs, your liberties, any of that, right? Your um, your value sets, your personal and familial and religious constitutions, not to mention our own constitution, to steal, kill, and destroy. That is the enemy's kingdom, and that's what he does. And he does that uh, a lot through this peacekeeping, right? Just, just go with it. These are the people who go with the flow. 
these are the churches that are like, okay, well, I guess we shouldn't have church because, you know, the government said, and the Bible says that we're supposed to do as the government says. Well, no, that's not what the Bible says. That is not the spirit with which the Bible tells you. That is not remotely harmonious with Scripture whatsoever. You do not, uh, and Martin Luther King Jr., Dr. King, God rest his soul, um, taught, taught expressly that it was incumbent upon us not to adhere to laws that led to death. I mean, how do you think we ended up with lynchings and murders and harassment and abuse? And how do you think that was? And, and people couldn't love each other. There were laws on the books that prohibited so many things about blacks. And there are still laws on the books, actually, like our loitering laws in the state of Georgia, unless they've been uh, uh, brought into, you know, this century. Um, I don't know that those have actually changed. But those laws were to basically keep blacks off the streets, you know, after dark. I mean, I'm just being real for those of you who are like, you know, and I, and I've been the chief champion uh, against this raging against the machine of the systemic racism conversation. But when you break it down and I'm not, and believe me, I'm not a white apologist. (laughs) That's not going to happen because I know that God created me equally with the rest of you. (laughs) So we're all as messed up as a football bat as far as God is concerned. So that's okay. A soup sandwich we are like it or not. And uh, going from glory to glory, though. But absolutely, there have been systems in place. See, systemic is an accusation as well. The peacekeeper would just go along with that accusation and say, yeah, you're right. You know, yeah, you know, historically. Well, yeah, historically, we've gotten a lot of things wrong. And we've also um, got a lot of things right in our evolution. Right? Because God's not going to leave us the same, and either we're going to evolve or devolve. Take your pick. Peacekeepers devolve, and they will devolve and dissolve their own marriages, their own health, their communities, their churches, their families, their kids. It's a mess. Peacekeeping is not godly. Peacemaking, however, is absolutely godly, blessed are the peacemakers, right? And sometimes in order to obtain peace, you got to go through a little bit of a war. What do I mean by that? Well, let's just look at it personally. We don't have to look at it nationally. Let's look at it personally, right? And, And I'll use myself as an example. Anytime I'm about to evolve, there's this inner war, this conflict, that occurs. And it's usually between my flesh and my spirit, right? And Paul writes about that a lot. And so there's this war that occurs because I know I can see that something or someone is not working, right? Either a thought process, a habit, uh, an addiction, um, a relationship, a job, um, a direction, uh, it's, it's an alliance, you know, whatever it's association. It's not working anymore. It served a season or a purpose, or maybe it never served me. Right. But when, but when I come to the realization, because God has pricked my heart or I have a conviction or something just feels crappy. And I'm like, you know what, this is not where I'm supposed to be anymore or with whom I'm supposed to be with, or I'm not supposed to be aligned with, with this 
with this group or whatever, I get a conviction. If I pay attention to it, it starts to cause a war. It starts to cause turmoil internally. And it's like, ah, but it's so comfortable. And I know them and, and, you know, oh, it's so scary. You know, some of you who can't leave one relationship without having another, you know, I'm talking, you know what I'm talking about, right? Because I'm talking to you. And there's just this inner conflict and it's not an indictment. It's just, I get it. Okay. And it's that war because you are about to take higher ground. You're about to evolve. If you don't take that higher ground and you just stick with peacekeeping, there's no war. There may still be a war, but you effectively put a muzzle on that voice and you grieve and quench the Holy Spirit. And eventually that uh, Holy Spirit voice just kind of lets you hang out in the, in the desert, right? Until it gets really hot and hungry and thirsty and uncomfortable. And then you're like, ah, okay. And then you're prompted to evolve again. Some people never recognize what's happening. They don't recognize that they're being called to higher ground. And because it's uncomfortable and because it causes an internal conflict and we don't like conflict, most of us do not like to war, right? But Jesus came with a sword in his mouth and in his hand. He did not cut off the ear because he didn't have to, but he had the sword of the spirit in his mouth, And it was so powerful that it can cut and it can discern between the bone and the marrow. Let me think about that. I just nearly cut my finger off the other day, like the tip of my finger. It just bled and bled and bled. And it was just with a very sharp piece of glass. And it happened so quick, I didn't even feel it because it was like that fast. I'm bleeding all over the house. I'm like, well, this sucks. But I'm thinking about how sharp that was and how sharp the tongue of Christ is the truth, the word of God, the Bible says it's so sharp. It just, it just discerns between even the marrow and the bone and the bone is where your marrow lives, right? That's your immune system. And so the word is that sharp. And Jesus said he came not to create peace. (laughs) He's the prince of peace, but he said he came and he was going to divide Father against son, mother against daughter, against brother-in-law, against mother. You know, I mean, you name it. It's divisive. When you start speaking truth to a world system built upon lies, you've got yourself a war. That is just how it is. It doesn't make you a terrorist. It doesn't make you um, an extremist. It makes you just what it is. Speaking the truth to most systems built upon lies is going to result in conflict. It doesn't always mean it's going to result in physical conflict. And it doesn't have to. Because if we all rose to our spirit nature, right? And we denied our lower nature, there would be no need for a physical war. But we don't do that. That is not the nature of man. And when some of you look back on your service to this country, 
particularly as it pertains to the Middle East. And you see what those wars were actually built upon and predicated upon. Some of you are internally warring with yourself. I cannot stress this enough. You are not responsible for the reason that you were sent into battle. When you signed up for the United States military, they didn't send out a questionnaire or survey as to whether or not you wanted to go into battle, right? Right. You were saying yes to battle, period. No matter where you were sent in the assignment and the capacity in which you were sent, please lay any guilt or shame or regret or confusion or spirit of death down at the cross of Christ and pick yourself up and keep moving in your life. Many of you have families. I'm not being trite. I'm not trying to sound like, well, it's just easy. Sometimes that is a very good place to start in which you can jump and keep moving forward. That is a solid beginning for you to move forward. Dump the stinking thinking about your service. The people who sent you into battle, who were a part of the coordination of why you were going into battle, who sent you there for nefarious purposes, will have their own day of reckoning with their Lord. Okay? But you went as someone who was sent in the capacity in which you signed up to serve. So there. And we love you for it, and we thank you for it, and we're grateful for it. Those of you who have served and who are still serving. Now, peacekeeping, not the way to go. Peacemaking, all about it. And sometimes, as some of you know, whenever you go to face something, um, it gets really ugly before the air can clear. And I've just always been one of those people. It has cost me a lot in the way of relationships. And and I, I wish I could say it gets easier. And it, and it does. I think that the grief from the loss of a relationship, um, whether it's family, friends, colleagues, um, even, you know, followers, whatever, um, it, 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 it is not, it's not quite as long of a grieving process anymore uh, because I see it for what it is and because I've accepted that that is part of who I am. It's part of my calling. It's part of my purpose because if I'm ever going to achieve freedom, I have to be willing to go to the dark places where the things are hidden in order to shine a light on them. And that first begins in my own soul. And I'm willing to go there with people in my business sphere and in my personal spheres and uh, faith, leadership. You know, I'm willing to ask those questions, not to just be a flagrant disruptor of, um, of things, but because when, when things are a little gray, things are not clear, they're cloudy, you know, they're as clear as mud, we say in the South, when things are um, ambiguous, right? Uh, when people are afraid, 
whether corporately or personally or politically, to ask the questions necessary to bring things out into the light for accountability and for growth and for evolution. Uh, That's where every evil thing exists. And it's where things begin to devolve. So I hope that helps. I was so pleased to hear, now of course, Pastor Locke's approach is is a bit more because uh, of course he's a on fire on a stage you know pastor um, just doing his thing about being the peacekeeper being the peacemaker and that can be construed by some to be just nothing more than being a provocateur um, and and a and a very uh, impassioned one at that. And I certainly can be with my words, for sure, impassioned. If I'm going to provoke you, though, it is to usually awaken people from their slumber and to look at for something, to look at something for what it is. Um, and people uh, like me, um, and Pastor Locke, and many others, who are actually utilized for really great purposes in the earth, particularly our military, um, are disruptors in the sense of. Um, getting in there and getting to the truth of a matter, rooting things out. You know, there's a reason why you have reconnaissance missions, right? You have recon people who go in to, to see what's what. And then depending upon what comes back, you know, that's how the whole operation's going to go. I mean, your recon dudes are probably the most important. Your surveillance folks are the most important people on a battlefield <laughs> because, because they lead you into battle. Right? I mean, they determine whether or not there is a battle sometimes. Or your, you know, your crappy folks and brass have already decided we're going to battle, so just create whatever surveillance we need, right? Or we're just going to turn a blind eye, and that's not what really what you saw, is it? So there's that. But I hope that helps some of you. Some of you are stuck in your marriages. You're stuck in jobs. You're stuck with kids and, you know, friendships. And, and, and you feel stuck in this country right now because... You do see things for what they are, but you've been trained that to be, you've been programmed to believe that to be a peacekeeper is a godly construct. And I hope I've made it clear that it's not. It is not scriptural. It is not remotely theological. It is not holy. It is not godly. It is destructive on every possible level. So don't be afraid of yourself. Don't be afraid of loss. Don't be afraid of people. You know, when you, the Bible also says there's a wonderful promise that anyone who leaves his house, home, family, whatever, for the sake of the gospel will be rewarded. You know, uh, I forget the actuals at 10 or 50 or a hundred times over in this life and the one to come. Right? Some prosperity preachers will take that and, you know, God's going to give you a a jet and a Rolls Royce and and he might. I don't know. I mean, I don't put anything past God really when it comes to blessings. I mean, you know, Abraham wasn't broke, busted, and disgusted, by the way. And so, you know, the cattle on a thousand hills, that's a butt ton of cattle. I mean, that's like, that's enough to set AOC in her little (laughs) fear of cattle flatulence, you know, over the edge. But, um, yeah, you know, cows have been around a long time. <laughs> so uh, God wasn't too concerned with the uh, flatulence of, of cattle. 
But uh, yeah, you know, God, God wasn't broke, busted and disgusted. But a lot of times how that comes back to us is uh, peace that surpasses all understanding, joy in a time when everyone else is like completely freaked out and mourning and angry. Um, you know, it comes back in the way of uh, safety, relationships, um, opportunity, ingenuity, uh, ingenuity is birthed. Great ideas are birthed whenever you're out of your monkey and lizard brain, um, your Jurassic Park brain, right? Um, yeah, when when you submit yourself to the ways of the kingdom of God and you first seek him and his righteousness and everything you need is added to you according to the word. And that comes from God, not our government. Amen. All right. I love you guys. Uh, thanks for joining me tonight. Be back with you tomorrow. You can follow me on Twitter, I guess, for now. <laughs> Monica on your talk. I do have my little blue check mark now. That's kind of cool. If I ever go away because I'm banned or whatever, you can always find me at my website, monicamatthews.com. I have some cool guests coming up next week uh, that I think you're going to really enjoy. So stay with me. Be good to your neighbor, beginning in your own mirror. Remember, if you're an American, act like one. Oh, 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 oh,